0: Just before we get into it, I need to remind you that the Football Index podcast is supported by footballindextrader.co.uk, the best site for in-depth scouting and trading strategy. It's challenging times for traders right now and FITs, detailed analysis and strategy guides are helping hundreds of traders plan for success in the weeks and months ahead. And he's busy highlighting the value that has opened up in the choppy market. As an exclusive offer for podcast listeners, you can give the site a try with 25% discount on your first month with code FIG25. Hello and welcome back to the Football Index podcast, episode 130, uh, bringing you stuff to listen during this isolation period here in the UK and for a couple of you listening in New Zealand and and, and so on and so forth. I hope you're all doing very well. Uh, today I'm joined by a debutant, Martin O'Regan, who's been on the platform since, is it 2017 mine? 2016 actually. Um, oh wow. Feb 2016, yeah, that's when I got started. Nice, nice. And uh, you, you've become famed or infamous, I suppose, for this article that was written in The Independent. I think it was Telegraph, actually. The Daily, D- I've got them mixed up again, haven't yeah, I? Yeah, you did get a bit of stick for that, but we'll get there eventually. <laughs> Talk me through that. What, what happened and what was your reaction to Football Index approaching you for that?
1: Well, initially, just a little bit random. Dan is the account manager at FI for some people. And um, he just sent me an email, asked if I was interested in doing an interview I asked the kind of format, what he'd be like. He just said, he'd be asked a few questions, have an informal chat on the phone. And so I thought, why not? Did the interview, got sent the transcript, sent it back, had a little bit of back and forth and thought, yeah, why not? Got nothing to lose. And the whole point of it was to spread a message that basically football and Knicks, you can make money, but essentially it's fun and entertaining. And that was the the main thing for me, to spread that kind of message.
0: Mm. And you're, uh, you've got quite a, a large portfolio. When was the moment that you kind of decided to go a bit more balls to the wall? Because you've been on, you know, four or so years now. I suppose I started off with, as everyone does with a, a small investment. So I did a couple of hundred
1: then really enjoyed it. And it was, as you know, it goes in five minutes and you're like, oh, I quite enjoyed spending that. So <laughs> deposited another small amount and then probably held that for about a year built confidence of the product. I was winning dividends every day in 2016 with Pogba in over that summer when he initially came to United. And I just thought, this is good fun. Trusted it, enjoyed it. And then I think 2017, I'd just come back from traveling, remortgaged my house, and then I just had a lump sum in the bank doing nothing. And I think it was that year, Asensio just became a bit of a star in the under-21s. And I put some money into that, and then I thought, well, that was easy again. And I just ended up, probably put in more than I should have but I put a few grand in and just from then the more confidence I've had I've always had the confidence to scale up so i was probably a little bit ahead of people in that sense because I was just on the platform earlier and good fortune in that sense
0: and how's that developed since since you've you've began obviously your confidence in the product has to the extent where you're willing to you know go out there on on <laughs> a big newspaper to talk about your journey how's that been in in what sense fick how In terms of you know that that growing confidence, like I suppose at the beginning, it's you know a couple hundred quid here and there. But then the transition to you know having six figures in there and being able to speak on a national newspaper about football index, like is that a kind of flick of a switch kind of thing, or is that a more gradual increase in confidence? I
1: guess it's felt gradual, but I've I've always trusted the product. I've always thought as long as they're making more in commission than they're paying out dividends, then the product is sound. And in terms of what it actually provides in terms of entertainment, I'm certain that it'll just continue to catch on. So I've always had confidence in the product. And obviously, I've done well out of the money I put in and then continued to invest more. And I didn't think twice with the Telegraph article and... Yeah, so I've just enjoyed the whole thing and felt confident all the time. It's more so I've been dragging other people along with me rather than having (laughs) any... How's
0: that been? How's that been? Because I think when we tweeted that you were coming on, there was a lot of your Sunday team, I think, have uh, (laughs) have whacked themselves into the comments, haven't they?
1: They certainly have. Did get a few questions, but um, we're much higher class in Sunday League anyway. Just, Just get that in there. Solid Saturday League team. But yeah, I've had... Positive reactions. Obviously, it's a bit strange. It's not a very English thing to do to declare how much money you've got in any in any the wages or your bank account or whatever. But it was all a positive reaction, a few well-dones and a few people interested. But I don't like to push the index. I think it'll kind of get there eventually off its own back. If anyone asks me, I'll be more than happy to explain it for a couple of hours. But also, I don't want to push it in people's faces because you inevitably end up with your referrer friend code and then they think it's a bit something a bit dodgy just you doing it for a tenner but hopefully when people see that now they're not they won't be thinking I'm doing it just to get a tenner out of them I generally want people to enjoy football more
0: yeah and I think that's quite a responsible way about going it because you know if this thing becomes really big it will inevitably encourage and acquire lots and lots of users, a lot of people that would be your friends. But for you, your risk tolerance in putting money into what is essentially a four-year new type of betting, that risk tolerance might not be shared by your friends. So I think a lot of people who, who kind of try and encourage their friends to also put money into Football Index, they don't really think about that where they're like, okay, I've got a couple grand in here, then he should have a couple grand in here. It doesn't really work like that. And everyone has their own risk tolerances. So my thing's always when I'm trying to, Get my friends on board, and by all means, I think I take a similar approach to you, Martin. Where I don't want to push it too hard, even though I am a massive advocate for the platform. Yeah, I actually find it quite funny when people ask me, like, "Do you believe in the platform?" I'm, I'm always like, "Well, I wouldn't really dedicate this much time to making content about it." If Do I you know, it's, it's funny
1: you should say that because back in 2016, I think uh, we've got that exact message thread. Because oh, really, yeah, <laughs> you, you were the the only person I could, I knew. 'cause of the podcast and I sent you a message saying, Do you think do you think this football index is safe? Do you think it's all right? And and then your response was, I wouldn't be wasting my time doing this if I didn't. So still rolling out the same message.
0: <laughs> I am, I'm just looking at that message now, 2011, 2017, should I read it out? Yeah, go for it. <laughs> <laughs> hey there, just curious about your thoughts on the future of Football Index. I've been in for over a year and have ridden a great wave. What's your thoughts on the sustainability of the growth? It almost seems too good to be true. Daily capital growth is currently more than I earn at my full-time job.
1: Yeah, it's so it, it literally is. It's, it's kind of everything i've ever wanted in a product or a hobby or anything so it's all, all rolled into one and at first you're thinking is this is this real but then once you get into it it kind of becomes like it just is that's what you do every day so been lucky in that sense
0: Mm. Uh, I think one of my responses to a follow up question was uh, no problems, mate. Glad I could reassure you. There's huge potential, and we're still early adopters. It has around about 100,000 users. I think Bet365 has 19 million, and Premier League fancy football has over five billion. So the target right. market okay. is huge. It's not yeah. too, not too wrong. Not too wrong, is that?
1: Yeah, and still, still plenty of room to grow. I think. Just, <laughs> would Would you still say we're early adopters? People joining now, or do you think that's?
0: Oh, a hundred percent, and I think. I think a lot of people talk about kind of what happens to the market cap, like what do the the profit margins look like in the future? And I do truly think that people will have to obviously trade more and become better traders, but there still will be potential to find kind of those breakout stars that people have priced maybe incorrectly that are going to be able to create huge markets, margins of profit. And it depends as well, you know, in 15 years, we might look at Football Index as a platform where... There are thousands and thousands and thousands of players ranging from ages 15 to 40 on it. Yeah. And uh, there's like three or four different liquidity providers, obviously keeping those prices a bit more sane. But there's always a way to find an edge. And I think wherever we are on on the kind of curve of FI and how much profit you can make on it, there is always going to be a lot of profit potential to be made. In terms of like the amount of users, I think... You know, we're at six hundred thousand now. I think it was the other day I saw someone tweet. It's a drop in the ocean compared to a lot of these platforms, and it's a drop in the ocean in terms of the amount of money in this thing compared to the likes of, you know, just a Premier League game on Betfair, like a big, you know, Man United Liverpool. How much is traded throughout that game, and how much is matched on those? If you look at, you know, Royal Ascot and all these other big horse events, you know, there is a lot of money that goes into the gambling market that FI can slowly start to nibble away at.
1: A lot of people will just trade in those races and those those games and not actually put a bet on. They'll just buy and sell. And I think once the order books are on board with FI, then there'll be people just trading, buying, selling without intention to earn dividends. It's definitely going to be a, a new market once the order books are open. I think it would be very
0: interesting. It really will. What do you think about that? I mean, there's you know a lot of people saying that they they might be coming sooner rather than later. Are you, are you nervous about them?
1: I think it'll be a transition for sure, just because... At the moment, the price is very controlled. You can only drop one pence at a time. And it's only really when there's a serious injury or big news that there's big drops. But once order books are in, it's going to be a lot more volatile, I imagine, that you can only buy at a price people are offering and you can only sell at a price people are willing to take. Whereas at the moment, there's always a buy price and there's always a sell price, even if it is extended spreads at the moment. But normally, they're not, not too bad. So I think it's going to be interesting.
0: It certainly is. It depends, though. Some, you know, injuries and, and and stuff like that. They might actually recover in price quicker than than you think, because what could happen in in the turn, you know, like with Memphis Depay, for example, when he fell. As soon as he got injured, people might have sold, but then straight away put buy orders in at a certain price. And if people undercut those people, then those prices kind of increase slowly. So it's so it's hard to say. It's hard to to say how they're going to be. I, I yeah. think at the you know when they do come in, we're going to be just trading within the spreads. I mean, if you imagine that they were. Just just put in right now order books we just put in right now we could start putting in prices of what we'd want to sell exactly uh, that we'd want to buy you know Sancho or that'd be that'd be
1: perfect and then that's the only time the players will have their true market value because at the moment it is slightly controlled by the spreads and people wanting to sell but not being able to so they don't bother listing them whereas once you've got order books it will just find it's find the correct price like it does on Betfair it'll be much more efficient and authentic market I think
0: Do you think it'll be, uh, I mean, there was a really good point raised by Dazzler in the last episode, which you guys should definitely check out. I think it was Dazzler, might have been Trawlers for Ballers, but uh, he kind of says something along the lines of, you know, if 200 people leave, there might be one person who's kind of got deeper pockets that decides this looks a bit more professional and deems the liquidity a bit more uh, suitable to their kind of like trading capabilities. Do you buy that or do you subscribe to that notion as well? I definitely think
1: there'll be some big spenders that use Betfair to trade. And spend a lot of money on there. That we'll see FI as an opportunity to move in and out of trades and in and our players very quickly, just by buying at the the best price they can and selling higher, just using the spreads. I think it's definitely an opportunity for people who are genuinely good traders.
0: It really is. And I, and I think it, it can be an opportunity for people to, to kind of learn a new way of trading and maybe sometimes an even more passive way of trading because there are a lot of people who do a lot of like in-play trading and that's definitely going to continue. But some people who get a lot of FOMO about not being able to trade in play, you could actually do that With kind of like setting orders on certain players and being like, oh, if I buy that player at that price, he's a bargain. Or if I sell this player at that price, I'm very happy at it. It's an opportunity to finally maybe take advantage of those peaks and troughs a bit more, even if you're slightly more passive. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I think it'd be
1: be good for the index. It'd be interesting because a lot of people won't have seen order books before or know how to use them. But I'm confident FI will bring in a, a way that you can just buy and sell simply without even knowing there's an order book there. But for those who are more interested in the trading aspect, you can set your set your prices to buy, and set your prices to sell, and your stop losses and that kind of thing. So it, it, it's only going to enhance the product. You look at any other trading platform; they would have an order book, whether it's your crypto or you're buying stocks and shares. They're all done off order books. So it's something that FI needs to do in the long term.
0: Right. I think we've we've kind of we're going to get some into some of those things in a bit, aren't we? But so we've got loads of miscellaneous questions here mainly from your Sunday League team who I think are poking a bit of fun but hopefully they're listening and maybe a couple of them buy into Football Index a bit more. Let's see. Uh, FI, um, <laughs> FI Gardner though first and foremost as always, as a bit of a traveller of all the countries you've visited that love their football, which three countries would FI thrive in and why?
1: It's a pleasure to be asked a question by FI Gardner, I've been listening to this podcast for Two years now, and I hear his name every week, so I feel honored. <laughs> I'm going to cheat a little bit because the first place I'm going to suggest is somewhere I haven't been, which is Australia. I just did a little research on Google yesterday, and I think Australians per person lose the most amount of money in gambling across the world. So they obviously like a gamble and don't mind losing. So and they love their football as well, and I think it's purely regulation reasons that we've not done it so far. Plus, their league is pretty useless. So they won't be too upset by not having the the A-League involved. Also, obviously, China would be a great one. Again, I've not been there, so that's cheating a little bit. But China, I would definitely say anywhere in Asia, really, because they just love gambling so much. I think if they could get involved and they love football and they love the Premier League and European football, so they would be great. But in terms of leagues that are on FI, I would say Germany would be great. I have a friend, FI Priest, actually, who asks me a further question later on. But he lives in Germany, in Hamburg, and he says he's spoken with friends and they love the idea and the concept and they also have the same, the same love of football and gambling in general. So I think it would work well in Germany. I think it would take time in the other Spain and Italy and France. Obviously, FI would have to set up some kind of customer service in the different languages and we'd definitely need the media sorted out by that point. I think if I was to target one as FI, I would go for Australia and America would be in a similar boat.
0: Interesting. I mean, speaking of these foreign territories, would you bother if you were FI if if you weren't able to make them pooled liquidity?
1: I wouldn't if I was honest. No, I think pooled liquidity is is a key to making them work. And in terms of a UK investor as well or a UK player, I would really want them to be pooled liquidity. I would be disappointed if they weren't.
0: What do you think would be the reaction if they weren't from the trading community?
1: Hard to say disappointment obviously. I don't think you'd get too many people selling up but then you'd get people who have the idea of oh, I've got a mate in Germany I'll get him to to put money in and open a German account or just get him to buy Neymar because buy a Sancho because you know that with the growth of the index if it grows in that country then the best players will grow in price. So um, yeah, I, I really hope they don't do that and they do pooled liquidity and plus then they'd have to market each country different payouts in each country I think it'd be too much of a nightmare for fi to manage
0: yeah i think it would be really disappointed because a lot of people on the platform have put in money on players that they really value and believe in but also because they believe in the product and that could be something that hinders that belief if that makes sense
1: yeah definitely and i think a lot of people have done invested in the hope that if you imagine we've got five six hundred thousand people in in the UK now, if you add on the opportunities of Germany, Australia, France, Italy, America, wherever they can expand to, a hundred thousand from each of those countries, then you're starting to double, treble the value of the index and the prices. So it's a huge opportunity for investment in that sense.
0: Well, we've got some more questions here, and this is where uh, <laughs> some of your your friends have decided to uh, to kind of pitch in here, uh, Rick. Hume, added to today's market, who would be the most valuable player at Trafford United? That's the team that you play for, right? It
1: certainly is, the mighty 2FC. This is probably where every listener will have to skip 30 seconds, but I would say for youth, and in terms of youth in our team, I mean under 30, we've probably got young Dale coming through. He'll he'll be a big player next year. For media, we've got Oli P. If he's not DJing in the local, local bars or on a DFS advert, then he's probably causing chaos elsewhere and just if he even turns up for a game he'll get in the media and in terms of PB our two time player of the year Nathan Bradley he's had a heart problem he's got a finger missing he's got a knee injury he's not played all season so the build-up to his return will be something special.
0: <laughs> Monumental stuff, I'm yeah. sure. <laughs> uh, Ollie Coates here. Would you trade in your entire FI portfolio in exchange for lifting the East Lancashire and Cheshire Premier Division title with <laughs> Trafford United?
1: If only it was that easy. Obviously, coming from a United fan like Ollie he thinks you can just buy buy titles. You might be able to buy the English Premier League, but you can't do it at this level. <laughs> but I could, I could compromise and I could um, sell half of it and we can put to a a clubhouse and a new pitch how's that Ollie that'll do for
0: him (laughs) that'll do I'm sure Uh, we've got a question here again from LJK Uh, do you have any tips on how to score an overhead kick away at Waterloo always play with your back
1: to goal and practice backward rolls in the garden that was it was a less of a Ronaldo more of a backward roll and falling into the net so (laughs) was that uh, your best goal to date I wouldn't say best, but it was, it was one of my better ones this season of the, of, of the four I scored.
0: <laughs> uh, F.I. Priest, uh, would you rather give up F.I. or eat a pubic hair sandwich?
1: <laughs> really enjoyed this question. Cheers, Sam. I'd have to go for the sandwich if you put enough sauce on it. I'm Is a big... there
0: a story behind this?
1: Oh, absolutely not. No, God, no. Oh, it's okay. just, just his imagination.
0: Fair. I mean, that's pretty strange then. Yeah, uh, I thought that was going to be like a very funny story behind this,
1: honestly, when no, I was writing it down. Thank God I don't have any <laughs> uh, pubic hair related stories. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I mean, you know, before we get into some more serious questions, I just need to remind you guys that this podcast is sponsored by Index Gain. So they are a third party data provider that help you on your football index journey. You can use the code FIG2020 for five quid off your first month. Uh, But that's not all. If you go for the semi-annual plan, you get one month free, then another five quid off on top with fig 2020 code on indexgain.co.uk. and they've just released a media buzz analysis report and you can identify the media magnets using total media scores, average scores, max daily scores, yields. They've also added every single news article for every player from August 2018 onwards. It means that you can basically search any time frame you wish to help determine who the real media dividend generators or media kings are really are. So that's some phenomenal work from those guys. But if you're interested in learning more, just head over to uh, indexgame.co.uk and use that code FIG. 2020. And if you guys want to listen to some more podcasting, head over to the podcast app that you're using right now and the podcast that you're listening to right now. The latest episode of the Football Index podcast was with Dazzler FI and Trawlers for Ballers and the latest Fitcast extra would be episode 10 by the time this goes out. I hate when I have to time travel in, in and out of this when I'm recording podcasts before or after each other but this will be already out when episode 10 goes out and I'm sure it'll be a fantastic episode when we record tomorrow because we're recording on a Wednesday right now with Martin. We've got a question here from Jack. Do you own any Benteke in honour of the great Six six-a-side team? Any stories behind this one?
1: Nothing to do with me again, but it's my, my Six six-a-side team where I play with Jack and randomly they're called Benteke Fried Chicken, which <laughs> between us, no one actually finds it funny, so I don't know why we've got that name. And just for this question, I went to the trouble of buying one yesterday, so I do now own a Benteke. <laughs> 43 pence, so I'm hoping for a, a big summer, summer transfer for him.
0: The cost of coming on the fig cost. Pretty much, yeah, that's it. It's a genuine question. What do you attribute the recent market upturn to? Does this fill you with even more confidence in the platform considering everything that is going on outside the world of Football Index right now?
1: Yeah, good question, Jack. I would definitely say I'm full of confidence for, for the product. I always have been. And I was just looking last night and I think my portfolio dropped maybe Two, three, four percent when the news of football being cancelled came out and that and at that time we didn't know when it was returning what was happening. The country was in a bit of a state, everyone's in lockdown, and to think that we dropped maximum four percent is insanely small compared to I think William Hill was dropping seventy percent EasyJet, Ryanair, loads of other shares just falling through the floor, and obviously, people had to get their money out. I think that f i've done a great job by extending the spreads that's really protected the the market and people who, with considering taking their money out, they've decided to leave it in. Probably a bit of a shock to those who needed their money, but I guess at the end of the day, every week on here and everyone's always banging on about gamble responsibly, don't put in more than you can afford. So you'd like to hope that not too many people needed that money. And I think obviously the government knew that people were going to get their wages covered. That would have settled a lot of people down. And then I think just The fact that it was such a small drop, people thought, you know, yeah, this is stable. And there can't be much worse for a football platform than football being (laughs) cancelled. So if they can survive that initial shock and then there's enough going in the media for people to get interested, there's enough talk of transfers as planning for next season. Germany's already talking about coming back early May. And I think Spain are looking at June. Netherlands, they've got their date in June. And I think Already, people are starting to look forward to the, the future of football. So, I've got more confidence than ever. If we can survive this, I think people have that's a collective viewpoint that everyone's confidence has grown.
0: Yeah, I think there are a lot of people that are skeptical of, of FI and their sustainability. I mean, you were one only three years ago, Martin. We, we were reading those DMs yeah, from that, sure, that yeah. long ago. This kind of thing is going to allay, the, it's going to make a lot more. Uh, people in the platform have kind of hard money, if that makes sense. They're gonna they're gonna be a lot more comfortable with their cash in the platform.
1: Yeah, definitely. And I think I've had a few friends ask like, how how's FI gone over, over this period? And it's reassuring to say, yeah, little tiny drop for a, a week or so, but then it's come back stronger. And this has been this last two weeks has been my best period for at least this calendar year. So it's really impressive how they've come back. And maybe other people would tend to invest their money elsewhere, or they've had a bad experience in the stock market and they just thought, Do you know what, why not throw some money in here and enjoy it because it's football and it's got some strength to it. And I think over time, it just builds credibility. Trying to explain this product three years ago was a nightmare and people like just couldn't believe you had any money in it. Still surprised how much money I've got in it now, but more people are like, yeah, fair play. And they understand it a bit more. So I think over time, it's just gradually building and surviving this has been up. Touchwood surviving so far in the way it has has been very impressive.
0: Yeah, it has been really impressive. And have you been impressed by the way Football Index have handled it themselves as a company, rather than you know just the market itself? Yeah, they
1: they put out regular communications about how the dividends are going to change. They put on the ten grand giveaway, which is nice. I think that day, although it's not a major thing, that day was what kind of got the market moving again. Everyone put their tenner in, and it kind of went from there. I can't really complain. They had a bit of a a balls up with the Belarus and the April April Fools. (laughs) Yeah, But you just look at it and think, fair play, the joke went wrong, but it's not a big problem. They put on the double dividends, which is brilliant because I have a lot of dividend earners in my account, so a lot of media players. So that was brilliant. And they've extended it to the top five, so the media madness that we had last summer. And you can't expect them to do much more. When football was first cancelled, I saw some people on the forum suggesting having random lotteries and picking out a random day from the past and paying out the PB winners. And I just thought, that's ridiculous. Just If that's what you're thinking, then just go and play the slots on Bet365 or something. But I think they've handled it well. It's no different to a non-football summer at the moment.
0: Mm, mm. So
1: we've been there before. It used to be just the media in the past. So yeah. f- to have just media for four or five months is not insane to us.
0: I think a lot of people do forget as well that the- we've only really had one tournament that's had PB paid out for it
1: yeah but that's the thing with it being such a young product a lot of people have joined since then mm. and and they're not aware of what it used to be like so but then to be fair I haven't seen much complaints this time I think it's been pretty well pretty well dealt with in the forums and Twitter you don't see too many people kicking off which is nice to see reassuring
0: yeah I, I think it's, it's one of those things isn't it you talk about that young product and in terms of the amount of people that have joined it's been quite exponential hasn't it so it's no doubt that a lot of people joined in 2019 more than they yeah. had been in the platform before especially in those first three months where it was quite crazy yeah. so it's no surprise to me that people were concerned like what happens in the summer and stuff like that but it's funny because they place these bets saying oh i'm holding for three years and then ask what's happening for, it, it, during the summer and obviously this is uh, this is extremely different because it's an unprecedented time in the world but there are kind of similarities you can draw
1: Yeah, and I think that's the beauty of the product. It does take time to learn and become familiar with it and comfortable with it, which is, like I said, after a year, I was still messaging you saying, is this this product going anywhere? After another year, I'm like, okay, I feel more confident and you would then get people joining who they're just putting their first 50 quid in, learning the product and then maybe a year later, they've said, I really enjoyed that and I, I prefer that to fantasy football or kind of compliments my football manager or I'm enjoying football in general more. And then over time, people feel more comfortable to to invest. So I think this whole period will give people more confidence. And then you might get the people with 100, 200 quid in think, Do you know, what? I've got five grand in an ISA and I feel like it's going to be safe enough in football index. So hopefully that'll be the good that will come out of this delay in football
0: Mm -hmm. and obviously you know it's it's a bet rather than an isa which is a regulated product but a lot of people uh, i kind of don't really realize how exposed they are to markets i mean there's been a big drop in financial markets out there a lot of people's pensions have been kind of like savaged and stuff so i think a lot of people do look in at at ways of maybe potentially making some more money themselves rather than you know leaving it to people who are going to make you know, quote unquote, money for them. Yeah, it depends on people's risk tolerances, of course. But the more you could do that, the earlier in your life, whether it's investing or, or making more money at the start of your life, that that kind of obviously compounds the later on in your life that you you get to.
1: Yeah, I completely agree. It's all about your risk strategy. How much like you're prepared to risk? If someone might think, "Oh, it's safer if I give it to someone else to put in the stock market," and then over the last month they've seen well, it's gone down fifty percent, but just because you're giving it to someone else you feel it's more secure Mm. and a lot of people obviously football index is gambling because it's monitored by the gambling commission it's not investing but generally this is my own personal opinion i see very little difference between gambling on football index and gambling on the stock market but people have a feeling that one is more secure than the other
0: Well, I mean, it is speculation either way, isn't it? You know, people are speculating everywhere, you know, people who are stockbrokers, they're professional gamblers to some extent, aren't they? So, I mean, we'll move on to the next question here and it kind of loops back to FI Gardner's question right at the beginning. FI Headhunter, who again is another question master, how do you think Football Index will do when it opens up into other territories? Where do you think FI should look at and why you've answered this one? But let's talk a little bit more about territories and other territories. Obviously, this has kind of slowed down due to COVID. Do do you think this is realistic for 2020 now or is it going to be pushed out a bit more?
1: Realistically, I wouldn't expect it to be this this year, having first heard the mentions of it a few years ago. I don't set any deadlines or targets in my head. I just expect them to keep going back. I know they're trying their best, but this COVID-19 hasn't helped at all. I know they're still working towards it, but I think there's a lot of work to do before it's ready. The media needs to be resolved and hopefully they can put something in place for that at the end of the season. Order books need to be in place and then I think those two certainly need to be done before expansion anywhere because you don't want to expand to Germany and then two weeks later bring in order books. It's kind of got to be... Or if it was me, I would do it the other way around. Get the product, not perfect, but in good shape, ready to take on the next few years before. But obviously they can do the... In the background, they can go through the regulations and and planning and whatever they have to do to get there. But yeah, I think it'd be great when it does go to the other countries and FI just have to set it up the right way and hopefully they'll get that right.
0: Yeah, I mean, you mentioned regulation there. I think a lot of people are quite impatient with this kind of thing, but the amount of time, effort and money it takes to actually go into another territory. And then if FI can't make it shared liquidity, then it's kind of tough for them to kind of balance that upside versus downside in terms of how much resource you'd lose for kind of setting up another platform. And also, I think we talked about kind of setting up a, a totally different pool of liquidity. You'd have to monitor a whole separate another platforming instead of it being part of the same thing.
1: Yeah, I guess you'd be more or less doubling your staff and you'd need a customer service section that speak German or Spanish or French, wherever you wherever you go to. So I think it's going to be a slow process. This delay won't have helped it. And I think there's other things they need to do before. So I'm not holding out for any move to Germany too soon. I don't think it's completely necessary at the moment. I think we're still doing well enough in England. And I think you do often hear a lot that obviously you're London-based and you see the football index advertised a lot. Other than TV, I've I've not seen it once in Manchester. And that's Mm. second biggest for business in England. So I can imagine in the smaller places, you'd get no exposure to football index. I think there's still a lot to tap into in, in the UK. So I'm in mean, no urgent rush. I think it's a great thing for the future to be looking at other territories, but at the moment, not too
0: bothered. You mentioned there's other things on their plate. What do you think is their next biggest priority? What do you think, as a trader, what do you want to see next from Football Index after we come out of this COVID-19 pandemic, of course? I think sorting out media would
1: be a great one. Just because every day there's complaints from people. Like, it doesn't bother me personally too much. It just is what it is, whatever the payouts are and whatever the stories are, but there's always people complaining, and rightly so, it's it's not the best. And that's one, especially in a period like this, it's the key dividend earner or dividend provider for the product, so it's it's important for it to be right. I would also love more IPOs, something they really need, need to, to resolve. I was actually speaking with Dan today, and just little things like, the it doesn't bother me again, but I know it's, it does bother some people, the player profiles are all out of date, and they say they play for different clubs, and we're actually discussing literally how to attract high net worth individuals basically that was a conversation we were having
0: how did that conversation for you go like what would some of the you know you're about to go into it some of the main things that you raised to to fi in those conversations
1: i personally don't have too many issues with fi i, I can see the problems and i just wait for them to be resolved rather than letting them bother me every day but just things like not enough players on the index retired players like yaya tori and arjun robin still on the index that kind of thing there's elements to it that are amateurish i think it's still a great product, still making good money and still enjoying it. But there's little things around the edges that they could tidy up. And I don't think those things should be too difficult. So I think if they focused on those and then improved the media, improved the IPO system, I know everyone goes on about these all the time, but for someone who's wanting to put in hundreds of thousands of pounds instead of going to a big hedge fund and people want them to come into a football index, then these are the things that make them look more amateurish.
0: Yeah. And those are all things that you've mentioned that are very much low-hanging fruit, aren't they?
1: I would think so. I don't know anything about running platforms or anything but they don't. some of the things don't seem too difficult. I'm also aware that FI are working hard at all these things. I know they're not just sat there sitting back enjoying the ride. They're all working hard to and they're probably focusing on different priorities but there's things to improve which that kind of fills me with hope more than anything. If this was a perfect product and everyone who'd ever heard of Football Index was playing it, then you'd kind of beat it at market saturation. But I think there's so much room for growth. They've got improvements to make themselves, advertising around the whole country, expanding to different countries. I think there's so much room for growth in these senses.
0: Yeah, I kind of agree with everything that you said there. There's There's a lot of areas where if I could grow and I think it's time to start looking at some of that low hanging fruit especially in a period now where some of the staff might have more time some big projects might be put on hold obviously there are still priorities that are going to have to be put forward I suppose order books with Nasdaq in collaboration with them is something that's still ongoing but stuff like territories and and, and a few other things probably been pushed back a bit but let's see when we
1: hopefully I'll focus on the on the easier bits for a while
0: Yeah, maybe so. I mean, I think order books are quite important for them as a business to get out into the world, whatever form they're in. But uh, yeah, let's see. We've got a question here from Player Poacher FI. What has been your worst ever trade? And if you were starting over again, what's the one thing that you would want to know as a trader? Oh, worst ever trade. There's a couple of classic ones that I think everyone's done. Like
1: I was in very early on Bruno Fernandes and sold him when he moved to United. Did great out of January dividends Sold him at five quid thinking if he plays well in his first P B game I'll buy him back. But obviously by the time that his first good P B performance came around, I'd already spent the money and <laughs> and he flew up to nine, ten pounds. I did buy back in begrudgingly, but if if you don't buy back in, you'll just end up cursing it all the time. I'm over it now, honestly. I think my funniest one is going back a couple of years now when we introduced goalkeeper clean sheet dividends and everyone just went mad buying keepers that day. And I'd found a player and I just started buying him and buying him and buying him and his price wasn't moving so I kept buying him and buying him. Ended up with about 3,000 of him and it was only after the initial panic that I realised he was a defender. So I didn't, <laughs> uh, didn't get any joy out of that. Ended up having to instant sell 3,000 Vincent Monceau of Angers. Part of the fun of the index. But then just the general the general ones like buying someone. I think with hudson Adoy. I bought him very, very early. Sold him after he didn't go to Bayern, and then he kept flying because he's playing for England. And then he scored for England. And I thought, sorry, I'll buy him back. Bought him back. Then he did his, his Achilles, didn't he? And dropped. So I just, I think once I've had them, I just, I just leave them. I'm never buying back. I'm done with him. What was the other question? He said something.
0: And if you were starting over again, what's the one thing you would want to know as a trader? Be clear of the
1: rules and what drives the index. Because I've spoken to people that, after messing about with it for a few months and they didn't even know what dividends were and that's kind of crucial to the index and why anyone has a price why it's not a ponzi scheme or a pyramid scheme there's the prices are based on what you think they are earn dividends so i think that's what something people should focus on learning the performance matrix or just finding the type of players that suit it knowing where to go to get good advice like i, I always go on the forum rather than twitter because it's much easier to manage and there's clear threads rather than just random chats about whatever. So I'd say log into the forum. There's loads of people there willing to help and give good advice and just help you through, especially the newbies.
0: Yeah, some great advice there. And I think if you are starting now, it's it's definitely a very tough time to do. And the best thing you can do, I think, is just reach out to a lot of traders and just chat to them as much as possible, isn't it?
1: One other thing is, there is a lot of money to be made in Football Index, but it's not a get-rich-quick scheme. It's takes time and over time if, you, if you're if you on it for a few years there's lots of room for earning the money gaining the dividends gaining the compound interest on in that dividends and keep going you're not gonna make millions in two months so it takes time so just enjoy the game and just play it for what it is and don't think about the money side of it I think that's
0: really good advice actually really good advice I've got a question here from Football Index Buzz how did you end up being asked to do the independent article it's the Daily Telegraph isn't it yeah yeah and what made you say yes? Did this result in people in your life taking an interest in football index? And have you had many friends signed up? And he said, I find it can often be hard for me to get them involved. It's a good read, by the way.
1: Well, thank you. And I'm glad he enjoyed the read. don't know if I covered it earlier, but basically Dan just gave me, and he dropped an email, mm. asked if I wanted to do it. I went along with it. And then um, I think it's JJ Bull. He just the totally Scottish football show. He just gave me a call and he's on the index. So it was quite a good chat to speak to a journalist who could who could relate to it and understand it. And it's good to get my voice out there, my opinions. And in terms of other people, like I say, a few people said well done. And again, I didn't want to just post the article. I posted it to my friends or someone else did and then didn't want to throw out a refer a friend thing after that. But I'm always very open and that anyone who wants to join, get in touch with me and we'll have a chat. I could talk Football Index for hours and hours. But I just don't want to force it on people. So <laughs> everyone in my football team now and my friends know I do it. And there's people I told about it three, four years ago. They'd have a bit of a joke like, "Bloody yeah, hell, we should have listened to you or whatever." But, <laughs> uh, only good responses, to be fair.
0: Oh, I've had that a lot. Don't you worry, mate. Yeah. <laughs> well, before we get on with the show, I just need to remind you guys that this podcast is sported by The Athletic. They're a subscription-based sports news site delivering in-depth sports coverage. They feature amazing football reporters you know and love like David Ornstein, James Pearce, Sam Lee, and Rafa Honigstein. At the moment, it's definitely the go-to place. They're getting all the exclusives about you know when football will return, what the plans are for football returning. So definitely have a look at it. And if you want 50% off your annual subscription for the best sports writing round, go to theathletic.co.uk slash fig. It's £2.49 a month if you go for there. Annual deal, which is not much, is it? I'm not sure if you're a subscriber, Martin.
1: I am indeed. Yeah, I used your link a couple of weeks ago. So, oh, why? Thank you. No problem. But yeah, so I've been uh, been using the Athletic. I think, like you say, it's just clear and concise. The articles aren't too long. There's no adverts. You don't have to scroll past pictures of other adverts and stuff. It's just nice, good writers, and they've they've taken a load of writers this year. Mm. There's actually one article I read recently about Pep Guardiola, and it kind of related to Football Index in a way. It was saying how the best thing for him about management sometimes is not winning the game. It's when he's sat in his basement and he's going through the, the videos, of the opposition, and he gets a eureka moment and he just says, that's how we're going to beat them. Mm. And it's a bit like that on Football Index when you're doing your research and you're just going through, it might be index gain or whatever, or transfer marks or who scored and you just find a player and you check his value and you just think he's going to be class and he's going to go up in value. And then it's the... The research behind it that is enjoyable as much as the actual gain in the money and winning in the end and when he scores a goal or wins PP. so
0: mm, mm, nice nice comparison there I, I also think when you are doing this research sometimes it just feels too obvious you're like oh why is this player's not gone up already yeah but that doesn't mean that you should discredit or lose confidence in your own research and if you've done enough of it and you do feel that that player is undervalued then uh, why not buy
1: that's it. And sometimes it does work the other way. You think, why is he not going up already? You buy him and then he never goes up. So it's all part of the fun though. Not every trade's a winner.
0: <laughs> not every trade's a winner. Some of the things that I've been thinking about a lot more is actually the process of your trade necessarily rather than the profit, you know, like perfecting that process will mean that you will profit more regularly over the long term in terms of the amount of trades you do. That process is super important because sometimes you can make a trade you win it but it's not necessarily a good trade if that makes sense
1: this is where it's almost would be better to have a smaller portfolio because each trade is more important if that makes any sense because mm. if i make a trade and I, it doesn't go so well i make so many trades and i think i own like 230 players or something so oh, wow.
0: Wow, wow wow
1: i've always had that because it just spreads the enjoyment of the game for me which rather than trying to focus on the best pb or the best mb I've got a bit of a hand in everywhere so I can watch a Friday night German game and think, oh yeah, I've got that left back or I've Mm. got the right winger and it just gives me a greater interest in football. I think my main thing over time has been long-term investment. So I've probably had Pogba probably coming up to close for three years now. So I don't know what's going to happen with that after buy and sell. I just hold players for a long time and I buy players if I've got faith in them doing well in the future rather than short-term. But then I do do some short-term, like I'll see some fixtures. I think, is it Moz? the guy that does the fixture schedules yeah, on, yeah, on Twitter yeah, was... that's great and you just see straight away right Wolfsburg have got an easy march, so I'll buy a load of their their best PB players and then if you've got on early enough come the game time they go up and so I, I just think there's so many different ways to trade football index and play it it's something for everyone
0: so there certainly is there certainly is I think that is the thing about it people enjoy it in so many different ways and it is you know it's just one of those things isn't it that people will derive enjoyment from this thing in, in multiple different ways, a multitude of different ways.
1: Yeah, and I think that's the problem at the start because there are so many ways it's hard to explain it all. You don't want to overwhelm someone when they've just signed up, but then they might be missing something. That oh, They'd much rather focus on the PB or the MB. At the start, they only know that players go up, so you think the obvious thing is, right, I'll buy some youth players and hope they go up, but that is a good way to make money, but there also is a lot of other elements. And I think that's the thing, it takes time. So maybe in two months, they'll understand that, three months, and then four or five months, they'll find their niche or what they really enjoy. And then they end up putting in more money and enjoying it more.
0: Yeah, certainly so. Just to reiterate my athletic code again, uk slash fig. I was going to ask you, Martin, anything that you've been buying recently that costs more than £2.49 a month?
1: Due to the COVID-19, I've not been buying much. I've been trying to trying to keep indoors, but... On the way back from the park today, I did buy four white magnums all for a princely sum of three pounds. So, oh wow, that'd be my answer for today.
0: My favourite are the uh, the caramel ones, actually. Uh, they're two quid though, so I couldn't I couldn't buy them. I <laughs> uh, got a question here from uh, Bobby Axelrod. Uh, COVID came out of nowhere, and we all had to adapt. So, order books, expansions, media buzz, and PB reviews aside, which. I don't think anyone has kind of said, come out and said from Football Index side that is actually going to happen. happening. What big things do you think will happen, FI instigated or not, by this time next year that might take us by surprise?
1: This is a, a very challenging question. I did have a think about this one when I saw it. Um, I couldn't really predict any world events that change FI. But I think one thing I did think about was becoming financially regulated. Because I know Adam Cole's mentioned it in the past which I found very interesting. Again, it's something I discussed with Dan. Unfortunately, he said it's something that's not in the pipeline for a good while. But going back to the high net worth individuals, if you knew someone who had 100 grand and they were going to invest it and they don't like football, there's no way they can get involved. And I think they're missing out on that kind of level of investment, if you know what I mean. And I think in the long term, I think that's something FI could do. But that would move away from being a gambling product and bring it into an investment and paying taxes. But I think it could be, could be brilliant for them to attract the bigger money. And then if they attract bigger money, it's higher prices for everyone, higher dividends, higher commission for them. And I think it's a win-win. That would be my answer to that one.
0: It's hard, isn't it? I think we were talking about the Fitcast Extra, that players in terms of the actual footballers on FI, the best ones now are going to be probably the best ones in 12 months. I find it hard to believe that Ronaldo and Messi, for example, would just fall off the face of the planet by this time in 12 months. So I was kind of thinking about like a a changing of the guard, but I think that's more like a three-year thing rather than a 12-month thing. So I think order books would probably come in in the next 12 months and DMB review. I just don't know how big that review is. I don't know whether it's like iterative and it's done gradually at the beginning or it's just a big flip of a switch.
1: Hopefully it's just a big switch because the system they've got now is it's not really fit for purpose anymore. No, it's not. It worked well at the start. Just, I think it's just some guy recording it and then <laughs> giving scores to it. And FI thought, yeah, we'll use that. And I think four or five years later, they need something better. Well, they, they did ask in the survey, do you think other articles should be mentioned? So stuff like from the Athletics rather than 12 articles from the Daily Express counting towards the media points. Hopefully they'll just do one big reset of it and it does the job.
0: I've kind of said a lot of times that it should be iterative, but honestly, like they've kind of dragged it out further than I thought they would. And obviously with COVID, it was kind of unprecedented. You've got to cut them some slack for that. But now I think it's just pull the plaster off, I suppose.
1: Yeah, because media's taken over now. So it's daily being highlighted and the things with Kyle Walker and Jack Grealish a lot of people kicking off about that and rightly so if there's no clarity but they did come out after and give the clarity so fair play to them although it's not completely clear but it's it's a difficult one to balance trying to find the right gauge on whether to remove or keep all articles I wouldn't like to be making that decision. Hmm.
0: we have got a question here from Tom Atkinson I know FI has changed a bit from early 2017 but do you have any key lessons learned from the past three years that you are happy to share well it's actually four isn't it so yeah a bit longer.
1: I think it's what I touched on earlier but the key thing for me is just enjoy the game. Again, I keep going back to Danby Asked me today, what percentage of your involvement in FI is about your love of football and what percentage is about making money? And it's a difficult question because they kind of knock on effect to each other. You learn more about football and you enjoy it more because it's making money. But I would say about 70-30, it's more about enjoying football. And for anyone who's a huge football fan, anyone who bets on, who does the fantasy football at the start of the year, if you're in the pub and someone's it's that great podcast name who got the assist everyone's asking but it's kind of a deeper more intense level of that and you can <laughs> make money from it and people play fantasy football for free with nothing to win but they still enjoy it and if they can use fi for that then that'd be great and then you've got your football managers i think tom the guy who asked the question is actually a friend of mine and he's in one of my groups and He's obviously a massive football manager fan, so he's sending screenshots of players for the future. So it makes that into a bit more real life. If you're good at football manager and you can find young stars, and then you can do the same on Football Index and make money. And I think just overall, just enjoy the game and don't take it too seriously. We all say don't bet where you can't afford. Just enjoy it, have fun, and come along for the ride. That's my advice.
0: Yeah, come along for the ride. It's the right way to go. At the beginning, I think people are concerned about making a lot of money overnight, aren't they? About getting quote unquote rich quick, as you, I think, coined it earlier.
1: You see a lot on Twitter of people who've made a load of money, and that's what draws people in. And if I wasn't playing FI, that would draw me in. And you're thinking, like, how I want to be the next one. I want to do that. It's not that simple, and it does take time. But it can be done. If you look at Perlo, Ginger Perlo, That guy makes something like five grand a week from trading and he doesn't have a huge account so uh, God knows how he does it but it can be done and if you dedicate to a certain element of it then there's opportunities and look at Bruno Fernandes what was he £2 a year ago or something and now he's £10 Hmm. or £9 there's always opportunities to make money you just got to understand the game and then enjoy it and play it
0: I think you're right. You know, you've got to enjoy it. But at the beginning, a lot of people are concerned about how do I do it? What do I do? And at the beginning, it's really important just to buy a few players, isn't it? And just see what happens.
1: Yeah, definitely. My advice is often buy different types of players: buy a media guy, buy a performance guy, buy a young guy. And then, best advice I heard is just buy people you enjoy watching. Mm. And if you know you're going to watch Chelsea Arsenal at the weekend, then buy a couple of Willian or Pedro or anyone just to enjoy the game that bit more and. Most people don't know about the employee dividends at, at the start either. I think I have probably heard in your podcast before, but people mention when you open the app for the first time when you download it, there should be tutorials on there. Very simple. This is how you do this. This is the dividends. Just to make sure people have seen it straight away.
0: Yeah, I think you're right. That onboarding journey has to kind of improve. I mean, what do you think of the, the website? The new website we've now completely moved over. I think a lot, of, a few people were still using the old one, but do you think that is enough of improvement? Is is what we need to see?
1: I've actually been using that for a few months now because mm. my computer wouldn't, the old one wouldn't work. I'm not the biggest fan of it. Oh yeah, you just you just kind of get used to it. I love the app. Do you know what? I feel that's really good. I hear a lot of complaints about that, but I've got an Android phone and I think the app is great can't complain about that the website i'm not the biggest fan of it i'm no expert in in this field so I, I wouldn't know where to improve or what to say but i think i prefer the old one to be honest and i think that's the general consensus
0: Got a question here from Football Index Chat. Actually, our second last one. This is Whizby, isn't it? Uh, (laughs) Can you price Ronaldo and Messi if football comes back during the following months and completes the current season and then the next season is as normal, June, September, and finally not until Jan 2021? And he says, when I say next is as normal, it's the same number of games. The timeline's just moved. The European competitions still happen, Maybe in the Canada format that has been discussed in line with World Cup in Qatar. So what are your thoughts in terms of generally pricing players that are going to come back? Because no one knows when football is going to come back. Is it just a a game of chicken from traders at the moment? I think we've seen money like seep into the Bundesliga players at the moment, but it's still all quite unknown.
1: I think it is a bit of a game of chicken. It's like, who's going to go first? So obviously it's all media now, but at some point when the games start to kick off, a lot of that media money is going to go back into PB and there's a lot of money to be made in PB players at the moment. In terms of Messi and Ronaldo specifically, I'd never try and put a price on players. I'm not the best at pricing because it's all based on opinion, isn't it? I did look at their stats though and saw that Messi made two pound in dividends last year, Ronaldo a pound. Both of them returned 36% dividends, which is pretty impressive. But then it all depends on how long they're going to play at this level. If If Ronaldo says he's staying for five years, then he's a five pound player or if he decides he's off to MLS in two years then he's a two pound player I think that's again the beauty of football I think no right answer it's all based on your opinion what you think is going to happen what you judge a player to be how good he is your mate thinks he's crap you think he's brilliant so I think that's half the joy of it and Messi again I think what is he four pound ninety now I think Mm -hmm. but he made two pound in dividends last year if he plays another three years then that's two pound each year Six, six quid he could be worth I think you've got to take into account the um, career dividends, but only really at the, the end of their career.
0: Mm. It's easier to do it with the Ronaldos and the Messis, right? Because we know we can kind of extrapolate a lot easier. It's yeah. harder to do it with the likes of younger players, whether it's a Sancho or a younger player like Cherky. It's very hard to extrapolate what they're going to do across their whole careers because Cherky right now, he could be really, really expensive or he could be really, really cheap. You just don't know. Yeah,
1: and I think it's obviously dictated by the IPO price to an extent Mm. if he comes out at £3 then several thousand people really want him then he ends up at £4 that's only because of the price he started at whereas once order books come in then it'll be completely Mm. decided by the market and the market might decide he's only worth £2 then he scores a hat-trick for Leon and he's worth £5 I think it's going to be volatile for that kind of aspect it'll be their true values which is judged by the market which is what you want really
0: Sounds like you're uh, quite looking forward to these order books, buying.
1: I'm not a confident trader in that sense, the buying and selling aspect I think it will be interesting and I'm sure that some Betfair experts are going to clean up and I think there'll be more money in the market for that element I could be completely wrong obviously but I think it'll be good for the market just to be a truer value mm. but the volatility might scare a few people off
0: Mm. we've got a last question here from Adi Alberti he says uh, how can you see FI expanding and where do you see the market in three years so we had a question about 12 months along but uh, three years Martin
1: hard to say just general expansion you want know, obviously it'd be nice if they can expand into the other countries but you'd want them to do it properly and which I'm sure they will I, I would rather than wait 18 months rather than try and rush it now in six months you know when you listen to the news on the radio they always tell you the FTSE whether that's down, which is the stock market, what the index is down So all oh, the markets are down 5% today. I think in the future, I'd love that kind of thing, just a rolling thing on the side of Sky Sports or something with the, with the top players or the prices. I don't think it's realistic, but I think it'd be great if it'd be a, a sign of FI making a statement. Continued growth, more, more share splits, more dividend increases, that'll suit me. As long as FI are making money, I'm happy.
0: Yeah, I think it's so hard to say. Three years ago, we've been both been on the platform. Since then, we've had we had no PB. We had uh, two hundred players at that point, didn't we? We certainly did. Yeah, yeah, the good old days. It's so hard to say. It could be anything and everything. It could have five million people, ten million people. I don't know seven million people on this platform. Who knows? And it could be global. It could have a you know an amazing order book. It could have. Uh, You know, a £500 million market cap. It is so hard to say, isn't it? I try not to make predictions because like you say, that last
1: three years, who'd have thought it would be what it is now and then when in-play dividends were brought in, a lot of people complained. But then it, it gives the lower players some value and some reason to trade in them. So I think they've been a great introduction. And I think FI are smart in that. They keep bringing out good things. And I think there's so much potential that there's no rush. Just slow and steady, get it right. And keep progressing and I feel like we're in capable hands
0: mm, we are I hope uh, well I think that's all we've got time for today Martin you've been fantastic feel like I've hardly spoken which is always a good <laughs> sign of a fit yeah. cast how and where can people find out more about you on Twitter
1: Twitter I don't use too often but I think it's martinoregan86 I do have a, a football travel blog which I just write about holidays I go on and watch football so footballtraveller.co.uk and more importantly, chess with friends. My username Martin 220 Find me on there if you fancy a game.
0: <laughs> I've never heard anyone plug that. Um, <laughs> let's see if you get a couple games out of it. <laughs> I was thinking, what's he on about? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Keep me busy in quarantine. So, well, if anyone wants a chess game against (laughs) what I'm sure is a a good chess player, hit him up. That's his username. I'm sure you could plug it in the tweet after. If you guys are commuting now, you're one of those essential workers, then keep doing what you're doing amazing stuff. If you're not commuting, working from home, doing whatever, stay safe, self isolate, and all that jazz. Please do wash your hands regularly. Sorry if we didn't get to answer all your questions. There was obviously quite a few, especially about the Independent and the Daily Telegraph, whether or not they've been merged etc football index is a gambling platform only bet what you can afford to lose and stop when the fun stops and i hope everyone is staying safe thank you very much for listening and have a great day cheers